Ready. Hey, everyone. Welcome again to the Shooting Straight Podcast. I'm Tina. And I'm Wendy. And we love truth. Even when it hurts. Even when it hurts. And this one just really hurts. We are going to talk about the world. The world. I just, ugh. We, uh. Wendy, we have one a, a returning guest. We this do. is the first time we've had a returning guest. Yeah, this is pretty special. I can't believe You're we asked first him. returning guest. Sometimes I'm, I'm questioning our judgment <laughs> yeah. right now. I don't know if this is good, but it, he is returning. He so. is returning. We have the one, the only pastor, Micah Beckwith. What's up? It's good to be here. I, uh, I'm i cheap, so that's why. <laughs> that's uh, true. That's, that's why you guys. Cheap and yeah, available right, today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we are kind of taking over his office, that's so true. you really have nowhere else He's to like, go. He's like, I got to get this done <laughs> so right. I can actually work. So that's right. Yeah. No, it's good to be with you guys. I love what you're doing. I love the mm-hmm. podcast. And mm-hmm. it's been what two months, three months now? How Something many? like that. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. awesome. Great. April first was the first one. Was it? Okay. Yes. Which April we, Fool's Day. Yes. Yeah. So that if it didn't work out, we could say we were just we're kidding. Just kidding. That yeah. is just smart. Kidding. Yeah. I think that's great for any entrepreneur or that's is someone right. like just start the business yeah. on April 1st if it flops then you build say, in the back door right go. you know it's like we meant this the whole time uh, well we always knew we like to hear ourselves talk and talk this to each true. other so this we just true. thought well we'll invite other people and see yeah. if they care <laughs> yeah. I love it I love it so um you pastor I, I like we know you you're pretty well known but just in case someone's on here who doesn't know why you're here and what you do you are a pastor at Life Church right but many other hats I, I i have a lot of interests i uh I've, I've always kind of felt like i'm the jack of all trades and master of none you know but i just you know i think that's the uh you, you know you guys do the enneagram stuff and you know, all that you know craziness and i think i'm a seven yes. uh and i think that's what sevens do right all the With things all the things so uh so I, uh, you know, my wife's big into that too. She's like, you're such a seven. I'm like, spoken like a true six, you know, so, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I'm, I, so I'm learning all this, but it's, uh, yeah, I just feel like the Lord's just given me a lot of uh, interest for, and, and the skill to be able to, to run with a lot of different types of people. So I, uh, I would never say I'm like the best in the group, but I, I think I'm decent enough to to just have fun. And I, again, I like to have fun. I think that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, everything that I do, there's an element of excitement to it. And, uh, and I think that's how God's wired me where I don't want to, I don't want to get back. I don't want to, I don't want to get in heaven someday, 10,000 years from now and look back and say, man, that, that was kind of boring or mundane. I want to say that was an epic <laughs> ride, you know, yeah. and how cool was it, you know, and then God was there and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's like the roller coaster uh, effect. Like, you know, let's just, let's do this. Let's, mm-hmm. this is life. You know, we get 80 years. Live large. Yeah. We get mm-hmm. 80 years to make a difference, you know, and maybe, you know, if you're lucky, mm-hmm. a few more years after that. But sh- I don't know. Should we shoot for the 120? <laughs> I don't know if I want to go. I don't know. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, I don't know what that would be like. Now they, they are taking like, you know, they're freezing your brain and, oh. you know, you can maybe come back in a AI form or something like that. I don't that, think so. anyone's interested now. <laughs> no, no round two. We'll just do one. One is plenty. Uh, I love it. And one of the things we'll get to in this episode is talking about our, our political culture and just, it's just so gross. But, um, before we do that, so you ran for Congress 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you're not just a pastor at Life Church, but, uh, you of course have the Jesus Sex and Politics podcast, but you are so active in the political arena. Um, 
I will, I'm like, tell us all your connections, but they're you. I mean, from turning point to arise America. So yeah. what all do you, like, what do you do? Well, I, I, <laughs> what would you what say? Would you Actually, say you we do asked do that question yeah. in staff meeting last week. What <laughs> does Mike yeah. do? What would you say you do here? <laughs> yes. uh, I'm a people person. <laughs> I deal with people. I love people. <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I, yeah, no, I think, Honestly, I, we kind of joke about that, but I really do love people, and I, yeah. I love being around people, even people who adamantly disagree with me or um, just you know would seemingly hate my guts. I love to track those people down and like sit them down and have a conversation with them and learn where they're coming from and and dialogue with them. Now that usually makes them feel really uncomfortable, but uh, to me, I I that's what I like to do. And so, to your point about connections, I think it's. It's can yeah I do have a lot of connections but I think they've come honestly I don't I don't look at someone as a connection I look at someone as a you know really interesting unique new yeah. unique fearfully wonderfully made person that I'm like hey tell me about what you do like, well as yeah. an outsider I feel like all of those connections have just grown exponentially mm-hmm. since I've known you yeah so I don't even know like before I've known you and it just has seemed very organic like yeah. the Lord's just increasing your territory yeah I think that's true I mean and I'm not now I'm strategic and I pray for that I pray that the Lord would increase my influence that's one of my daily prayers is like just increase my influence Lord so mm-hmm. I can so I can influence pe- the world for, with the gospel right that's yeah. ultimately what we're about but um, it, when I, I worked at a, a, early on in my ministry days when I was at another church in, in town and, um, we would, we went somewhere, I think we went, uh, to Tennessee or something. And, uh, we were just, we were a few States away and, and, and already they kind of knew me in this area as someone who had a lot of connections. Well, we went to Tennessee and we were walking through Walmart and I ran into somebody that I knew <laughs> in Tennessee and I'm with the staff at the church and they're looking at me and they, they're like, literally after I, you know, get done talking to this person that I knew, they, one of the guys like, what the heck, you know, people everywhere. Like, <laughs> and, uh, and I just feel like that's kind of maybe God's favor and, and, uh, just as he, again, he's, it's how he's equipped me. And I think mm-hmm. he's, he's done that for a very specific reason. And I think now as it starts unfolding, you mentioned politics, um, you know, the world of politics is, it's all about connections. It's yeah. all about who you know. And they say 90% of politics is showing up. And why is that? Because when you show up, you make connections. And when you make connections, then doors open up. And if God's people are actually going to have influence in the world of governance, they've got to show up and they've got to make connections um, or else they're not going to be effective at all. And and so that's, I think, one of the things the Lord has taught me in this whole process is, is Mike, get, get out, show up, and connect with people, and then I will, I will, I will give you the divine appointments. Mm. You know, someone said something the other day that I thought was so good. The Lord can't drive a parked car, right? You know, and I think that's a good reminder. It's like because sometimes you think, well, where do I start? What do I do? And um, I remember when I, when I when really the political thing started becoming apparent in my life, I would, I went, I was, um, I was starting to speak out a little bit more on social media, but I was just posting a few things like, okay, this is true. This is not like the nonsense of this leftist liberalism that's taking over. I mean, it's complete uh, ungodly nonsense is what it is. I mean, the fact that literally a Josh Hawley, a U.S. Senator, uh, just got uh, blasted from a, a Berkeley law professor yesterday on one of the committee hearings he was he was doing, and this Berkeley law professor called him transphobic because he because Josh Hawley had the audacity to say that men can't get pregnant. And, uh, 
It's unreal. And, and so I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, this is the depravity of the mind. Like, this is what Romans 1 talks about when the Lord says, I'm going to give you over to a depraved mm-hmm. mind. And this is a Berkeley Law professor. Like, this is like high, like high class, high society, sc- like schooled person mm-hmm. telling a U.S. senator, you are absolutely a, an, an idiot because you don't think men can get pregnant. And and so I'm sitting here thinking, wow, this this is the depravity of the mind. I mean, it, only, yeah. only a depraved mind can think that something that ridiculously stupid in the world of biology actually could happen, right? And so so this was happening back going back to my story where um, back in like probably 2016, 15, 16 ish, um, I just really started to see the the depravity of the mind taking over. So I go home and I tell tell my wife Susan, I'm like, yeah, I just feel like I gotta got to you know do more and she said well you're posting a lot and i said yeah i feel like it's getting some traction and people are you know listening and waking up a little bit she said but sometimes you're when you write it out you can't hear your your expressions you yeah. can't you, you don't know like you know the you, passion the passion right <laughs> and I, yeah and she's like she's like you should do a video i'm like i don't have a platform i don't i don't know how to do that she's like well facebook has this thing called like facebook live just like start doing facebook live video i was literally driving in my car and I pulled up to uh, a sport clips haircut that next day and I had to get a haircut and I just it just hit me I just felt like the Lord said hey do a video on um, the three institutions I've set up the family the government and the church and um, and so I did and it was in my car I stayed in my car and I just did this video it was probably 10-15 minutes long and I talk about what the mm-hmm. Lord was laying in my heart well, from that, I started doing more of these car videos where I'm just driving and cars and the car's mounted. I'm not holding the phone, everyone. I mean, they're like, you're As so a parent of teenagers, we right. like for you to park. Good That's example. Right. Pull over. Please. I don't look at the phone. I never I never <laughs> hold the phone. I'm literally just talking to myself while it's recording. So, uh, but the uh, those things kind of became sort of what I yeah. was known for. And I would do these kind of in-car videos videos that would just explain, hey, this is what's happening in the political yeah. process. This is how you as a Christian can engage. If you're not a Christian, this is what the Lord is wanting to reveal to you, you know, like this is so and 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 now it's interesting. So fast forward to we were just down at the GOP state convention uh, uh, a couple weeks ago um, for the the every two years they have a convention. And I literally it was the Friday night hospitality night. I couldn't even go two steps without somebody stopping me mm-hmm. and saying, Micah, um, you don't know us, but we're from Southern Indiana. You're from Northern or we're from mm-hmm. Northern Indiana or we're, but we, we watch your videos. We see like, thank you for being a voice of truth and speaking out and, and being so bold. And, and, and I, no joke. I was with uh, a couple of people from the church and they got so annoyed because for three <laughs> hours, this kept happening. People kept coming up to me, talking to me, stopping me, seeing me wait. There was a line at one point where people were waiting to talk to me. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm just trying to get over to that room over there to say <laughs> hi to my, to my friend who's running for state treasurer, you know, and like, it's all I'm trying to, but like, I didn't, I didn't even make it to the room. And, uh, and I was walking out and one of the guys said, he said, I've been coming to these things for a long time. I've never seen anyone with that much influence at these things. And I, and I say that not to brag because it's not about bragging. It's about what God can do with anyone who just speaks his, his truth. Yeah. With whatever platform or influence he's given. So you. showing up and saying it out loud. That's right. That's yeah. what it is. Because so many people think I've got to have this huge like platform to just start doing something. No, just you you can influence somebody. Mm-hmm. 
It could be your kids. It could be somebody at your work. It could be, God has given everybody influence. I'm absolutely positive of that. Yeah. Just, just show up and speak it out loud. And that's the thing. Most people don't speak it out loud. And I always go back to this concept that God does everything through his word. In scripture, in Hebrews, he says, it says he sustains all things by the word of his power. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at Jesus in John 1, Jesus is the word made flesh. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word became flesh, right? And all of God, when God made the world, when he, when he created the world, what did he do? He spoke it into existence. So if right. we're made in God's image and we don't like what we see and we want it to change, what do we need to do? We need to speak out the change. We need to right. declare what should be. Not but here's what why is. people don't. Yes. And here's why people don't. It's because they're intimidated and afraid they don't know enough to win the argument. Yeah. So they shut up instead and just stay silent. Like, I can't open that can of worms because I'm afraid they'll best me yeah. in this conversation mm-hmm. and I won't know what to do and I will have lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, there's risk. I'm not saying there's not risk in it, and I. But should they speak out anyway? Yeah, or should I, they? I think you. I think you can't. God can't drive a parked car. I mean, I think you go back to that that kind of analogy. Like, trust the Lord that when when he when he when the disciples were told that they were going to be standing in front of leaders and they were going to be drugged into the courts, mm-hmm. what did the Lord tell them? He said, He said, I am going. He said, Don't worry about what to say. Mm-hmm. He said, Just go, open your mouth, and I will put the words in your mouth. Right. Like I mean, that's scary that's if you think about it. It is frightening. <laughs> yeah. But we're in we're in the same similar context, mm-hmm. and I think I think people who now 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 I will say this: you gotta have a love for God's word. You gotta you gotta doesn't mean you can just be lazy and not and not dedicate yourself to study. Right. Like right. You need to study. And we had Charlie Kirk, and you mentioned Turning Point uh, USA. Charlie Kirk was here at church um, a few few weeks ago. One of the things that stood out to me about Charlie is that he is dedicated to studying just everything about yeah. the world. He, two hours every morning, he gets up, turns his phone off, and he studies. He studies God's word, and he studies history. Mm-hmm. And and he does that every day. And if you listen to him, it is because he's going into the heart of the lion's den. Yeah. And he needs to know what he knows and, knows why, and know why he knows it, and he needs to be able to defend it. So that is there is a little bit of responsibility that God places on us to know the truth. Yeah. Because when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. But a lot of people, to your point, Tina, mm-hmm. don't know the truth. Don't. And so they oh, I don't know. The truth. Yeah, you don't know the truth because you've been lazy and you haven't dedicated and yourself. And you got a public it. education in history. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> don't even get me started. I'm just going to yeah. drop that there. But, but honestly, though, some people, I, I, I want to make sure everybody knows there is no excuse to not learn in today's world. Out of all of the generations of the world, we have we have information at our fingertips. So easy to learn. Yeah. I, I get up every every morning at the gym. I get on Hillsdale College's website. They have this free online program. You can there's courses on everything you would want to learn about, whether it's Christianity or world history or the Greek Roman city states. Well, like everything. If you go to HillsdaleOnline.com, um, and and it's free. And it's these 30-minute lectures, then you take a quiz. And at the end of the course, you take a final exam and you, you can you, you'll see what your grade is and you it's amazing yeah but there's no excuse for not learning in today's culture so everybody um just you know you just can't be lazy that's the thing i think there's a there's a spirit of laziness that's kind of taken over well and we can't abdicate the responsibility as parents either 
Yeah, you know, that's right. I've worked really hard at putting Ben and, you know, sorry, Ben, I just threw you out there. But, you know, <laughs> putting our kids like in front of people who know, like mm-hmm. when we, when Charlie Kirk did come, like get our youth. I want the youth in the front row. Right. I want them to meet Charlie Kirk, like getting the next generation exposed to the idea that you're not being taught everything yeah. and you need to go seek it out. Mm-hmm. I think is really important. Yeah. And you're a great source for that. I think the the thing that's great about your videos is they're um, super short, but very um, real time. Mm-hmm. I just snapped, which I don't know if they'll hear. There you go. <laughs> uh, real time and relevant. Um, and so I think that's why they catch attention because like something will happen and you'll just pop right on and yeah. explain it. Yeah, it is. It's and 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 I don't I don't think about what again to the point of like kind of what the Lord told the disciples. I don't think about what I'm going to say in those videos. I never, never one time have I. You're like Michael I, Scott. You start talking yeah, and start you just talking. don't even know where it's going. <laughs> I don't know where this is going? <laughs> and, uh, and no, but that's what it is. I, I have a. I have a, oh, this is happening right now in our world. Here's how it intersects with with God's word. Let me let me share that. Mm-hmm. And that and I just go and. Um, you know, when I remember when I was running for Congress, my campaign, uh, we, we hired a campaign consulting firm out of Missouri and they're, they're really good, but they were always so nervous, so nervous that I would do these videos and just, you know, get out and get on platforms and just speak. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they were like, no, you need to know, like you could, you could trip up and say something that, you know, is going to be used against you. And, and, uh, and that happens in politics. You say the wrong thing. And it, 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 it defines who you are. I mean, Dan Quayle misspelled tomato. And it, de- it defined who, or, or was a potato, tomato, potato, potato. I think that was Bush. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> potato was, yeah. I don't know. But anyway, he misspelled. I think it was, he misspelled it. And that defined, mm-hmm. that defined um, uh, who he was. Uh, that's how people knew him. That's how people mm-hmm. knew that him, right? That was the right? connection. So, uh, yeah, you can say wrong things and it could define you and that's the risk. But I will tell you this, I... There is not a time that I can remember when I have gone out in public, and this is God's goodness. It's not me because I'm not, I'm, not I'm not this smart. This is God's goodness. I just said, Lord, this is in your hands. I'm your vessel. Use me. I can't remember out of all the hundreds, if not thousands, of videos or public appearances that are recorded, that things that I've said, have I ever looked back and said, ooh, I shouldn't have said that, mm-hmm. right? Now, there are things that I can get better at how I say it, but there's not one thing that I can remember saying I that's going to be like something that someone can get me with, right? Now there will be things people try to get me because they don't like the truth. They're going to say you said this about the LGBTQ community or you said this about Democrats or liberalism or you said this, but it all lines up with God's word and it all is it all ultimately comes back to God's love, right? So I'm not saying it in a place where I'm bringing condemnation on anyone. I'm just speaking truth in love. And, and I've not, again, to this point, this is God's goodness. I open my mouth and I, and he really speaks, he puts his words in my mouth and that's, and that's really. Well, it really but. is a testament to his hand on you because I think in the church world, <laughs> like not, so we didn't have a big history of being involved in politics or having these conversations. And it's like, you can be a little edgy when it comes to church people. <laughs> no. Like, you go right up to the line, Here's right? The That's line. what you say. That's what I do. Cross There's the line. Right I might maybe tip, put my toe just on the other side of it just to see what people say. And then I, but I, I don't but go. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that's pretty amazing because some would say, you know, you take risks in what you say and how you say it sometimes. So um, 
one of the things we wanted to ask you about, so I was, I just made a list of things going on in the world. <laughs> this is going to be a speed round. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> you can just I address the top it. 10 things. No, it's okay. World. But I, I'm just going to read through them. And these are like the broad, like, like I'm going to say education. Well, within there, you've got SEL. I mean, there's just so mm-hmm. many things. You've got porn in, in libraries, oh, yeah. at, at, in elementary schools. It's just insane. But when I go down this list, so education, the economy, gas prices are through the roof, COVID, which is still happening, masks, unmasks, vaccines, all of that, gun rights, abortion, Roe v. Wade just got turned over. And so all of that's happening. Gender identity issues and rights for LGBTQ. And this, um, I love how Charlie Kirk put it, where we went from, please listen to us. Tolerate. And then would you tolerate us? And now please accept us and now celebrate. Oh, and by the way, now we're insisting your kids participate. Participate, So that's a whole thing. Uh, Murder rates, especially in Indianapolis, uh, it's getting worse and worse. Riots and violence um, and political corruption. (laughs) So that's a a short hope. That's what we're looking for. How do you, because you are. Got uh, how many hours do you have in this (laughs) podcast here? But yeah. you were very optimistic yeah. as a person. Like some of that's your wiring, but okay. So, like. so all those things are absolutely true. It's easy to look at the world and lose hope. But again, I don't want to look back ten thousand years from now and say that was boring, mundane. I look at the stories of Joshua. I look at the Gideons. I look at the Peters and the Pauls. I look at the champions of our faith, the Moseses, the, like I see, you know, the Ruths or the, the, even the Rahabs, right? Where I look at them and, you know, I can't wait to meet them face to face someday and, and ask them and say, what was that like? Joshua, what was it like when, when you had to stand up in front of the entire nation and say, choose you this day whom you're going to serve, but for me and my house, we're serving the Lord. Like, I just want to, I want to like, tell me what that felt like to just say, if it's me and God, we're the majority, like me plus God equals the majority. That's where Joshua was coming from. Right. And I said, you, you were getting pushed back. People were trying to bring other gods in. The culture was becoming depraved, like what we're in our day. And, and yet, and so, so I'm, I'm thinking, that's what I, I'm going to go to those people. And the Lord hit me a few years ago. He said, Micah, he said, but you don't understand is that they're watching you and you, they're, they're going to, they're excited about coming and talking to you when, when you are in in the new heaven and new earth. And that totally changed my perspective on the chaos of the world. It, it went from being, Lord, take me out of this, remove me from the chaos to, oh my gosh, this is what an honor it is to be the Joshua's of our culture today yeah. and be fighting for righteousness. Mm-hmm. It may be just me and God, but me and God equals the majority. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, you know, if it, if it, if it costs me my life, so be it. What are you gonna What are you gonna do? Threaten me with heaven? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, <laughs> that's really where I've gotten to. I'm like, okay, I'm on this world right now to be a warrior for the kingdom of heaven, to, for righteousness to prevail. What an honor! Ten thousand years from now, I get to be standing in the presence of the Joshuas, and I can say, hey, like Joshua, I did, I did that too. And Joshua is gonna. He's, he's going to say, Micah, what was it like to be alive in 2022 standing for God's righteousness when the whole culture was saying, run away from what's true. You stood up and said, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. But 
as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. So mm-hmm. that's good. <laughs> wow. That is good. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, as you're talking, um, just from a psychological standpoint, it's the idea of, uh, what's the, how do I want to put it? Uh, surrendering to victimhood versus finding hope and purpose yeah. in what's happening. And, uh, there are stories of the Holocaust that the people who survived the Holocaust were ones that found purpose mm-hmm. within it. The ones who were uh, in the camps, but they they found purpose by helping others in the camps or counseling and encouraging some of the younger that, you know, giving them purpose and hope and talking about what they were going to do when they got out. So even just from a basic psychological standpoint, being active, um, preserves life yeah it it, it helps you keep going it's uh, the power of hope yeah it's the, it's the power that hope brings there was a study done um there was some scientists they they took a a, um, a group of um, mice or rats i think and they put them in a barrel of a bucket of water and right i think they sw- they were swimming trying to stay alive for I about hate this i know study. This- <laughs> <laughs> but i hate this one <laughs> I'm not PETA, all the, but all the my, PETA I, listeners are gonna be I like, "Oh my this. gosh!" You haven't okay, heard it. I heard it. Okay, so okay. Um, so they they these mice were were swimming right as about they started to go under. The um, the scientists uh, pulled the mice out, um, you know, dried them off, and gave them cheese, gave them food and and to eat. Right, so. So they, they made it, right? And they went, they went for about an hour before they were about they were given up, essentially. If they would have gone much longer, they would have just drowned. Well, they put them back in. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of bad, but it's a, it's a powerful story of hope. They put them back in. They swam for eight hours. They went from being just 45 minutes to an hour being able to swim. They went, for, they went to eight hours um, before they drowned. And uh, because they had this idea that, there was there was hope something was coming something right? would happen to so, save them and they would get cheese <laughs> they would get cheese wow. and they end up dying but uh, it's, kind of a, it's kind of an anticlimactic kind of story but I think the the, the point is they were showing what happens when people have hope and and you, we see this when you know the you know the the man who's been you know very active in a job he retires and mm-hmm. doesn't have anything to live for what happens yeah. they, they die they die very quickly yeah um and so to your point we can find we always have hope when as long as god is on the throne there's hope mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you're going through and i think that's where not only is there hope then there's excitement there's joy there's purpose and fulfillment yeah and all of those issues you you rattled off it's like yeah those are bad issues but guess what we can we can make a big impact dealing with those issues because we know we know where ultimately where purpose, life, joy, and hope are found, and and the solution is found in Christ. And some of it, I don't know. You can disagree with me and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. I know that would be like <laughs> daily. I was gonna say this is like our normal like, staff meeting like, week. It's like Tina, you're Tina, wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. Come on. But um, yeah. Now I lost my train of thought. Oh, it, that it would seem like for like the next generation. Like I think about people who are retired and I learned that um, when I was in school, they were talking about stages of life and how when people are retired or um, they hit the, the last stage of life, so to speak, that depression increases, suicide increases because of purpose and a lack of purpose. But would you say it almost seems like if you look at all of these issues, it's like, okay, well, which one am I going to start with? 
Um, gender identity. Okay. Step one, like it's, it's a little like, okay, so where do I find purpose in all of that? But would you say a big part of that starts with your voice? Yeah. I, again, going back to, we're made in the image of God. So the Imago Dei we're you know, we're image bearers. And, um, and if God does everything through his word, it starts with his word, then it needs to start with our word. So declare it, speak it out, say, this is what I, this is what I will see happen in my city. This is what's going to happen in my city. This is, you know, the gender confusion that's taking over the schools in our County is not going to remain. I'm going to make a difference. And you begin to declare that and speak it out. And words are powerful. I mean, why, why do in the world of business, I, I'm a business major. One of the big things that we always learn whenever we're starting businesses is you got to have vision. You got to have a vision statement. You got to have a mission statement. Why is that? So, and you got to speak it out often over your your organization. Why is that? Because the moment the vision is gone, the moment there is no spoken word purpose being spoken out into the atmosphere, then people perish. And that's what God's word right, says. Right. Where there's no vision, the people perish. So, um, so all that to say, I, I think. If you're listening to this, no matter what stage in life you're in right now, you have a huge purpose. I literally just came from a, a meeting, a coffee uh, meeting with an, a good friend of mine. He's he's 58 years old, 59 years old, former pastor of a local church here, just got commissioned to be a naval chaplain. He's going wow. into the Navy now That's at, amazing. at 59 years old. And Well, it's uh, not like that old. <laughs> Yeah. No, but he's going through basic training Jeez. and all this stuff. He's got to do like he was telling me. He's like, I got to do sixty pull ups, sixty push ups, run mile and a half in thirteen minutes. And I'm like, oh, this is gonna be fun. But he's, uh, but but I just like, I'm like, your greater years are are still in front of you, you know. Mm -hmm. Like and and I think that's how God. But he's put it in God's hands. He he left. He had to resign from a position where it, he knew he shouldn't be there at the church. It was getting too woke. It was getting too div divisive. Um, and it was the, the elders were going down this this path that he didn't he didn't believe was the right path. And um, and and he heard the Lord. He told me this morning. He heard the Lord just say, "If you trust me, like you're going to have a great future ahead of you." But most people in his position would say, gosh, I'm 58, or at the time he's probably 57, 58, 57. He'd be like, ah, I can't do this. Like, I'm just on the brink of retirement. Like, what am I going to do? I've got to just stick it out here. And he yeah. said, "He said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow the Lord. And now what he's saying is going to happen. He's, he's, getting, he's shipping out to uh, Pendleton um, here in a few weeks, and that's where he's going to be stationed. He's got great favor. I mean, Already doors are opening like crazy for him in the military. I mean, that's it's just amazing. It's amazing, right? But that's God. So not everyone is going to join the Navy. <laughs> that but... was not the moral of the story, Tina. I wasn't saying that to say. <laughs> so everyone who's over 55, join, join the Naval Chaplaincy. Uncle Sam wants you. <laughs> but it does speak to the fact that you shouldn't close the doors um, of your mind to what God could do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like it could be. But I, I think my bend is always next gen. And so I think, especially for older generations, like you have got to tell your kids the truth. Yeah. You've got to tell your grandkids the truth. You have got to not hold back because you're afraid they're not going to like it. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I look at my kids. I look at my new grandbaby, by the way, brand new. <laughs> He's adorable. He's perfect. Um, you know, <laughs> just the commission, I feel like responsible, like as grandma. Yeah, you've got to say the hard things. You got to tell them like, "Hey, if they say this in school, that's a lie. Mm -hmm. If you hear this in school, that's a lie. 
I, I, I've wondered about that. Now, I only have two little kids, and so maybe it'll get harder as they get older. But I've, I've, I've often been counseling parents who have students in high school age that are giving themselves over to, to stupid stuff. You yeah. know, drugs, sex, just going down the wrong path. Like, And the parents, they say to me a lot, they say, well, we don't want to like... We don't want to push them away from God, right? Like that's like we if we tell them the hard truth, then it's really gonna push them away. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, I get it. You love your kids, but that always has never. I've never seen that work. I've always that's like a lie that the enemy. I feel like he infiltrates our mind with. I mean, pastors do it all the time. They say if someone leaves our church and they're offended, they're gonna walk away and never know Jesus. And they're boy, that's a lot of. Like there's no faith in Christ at that point. Like it's every salvation is on your rests on your yeah. shoulders and not on the Holy Spirit's, and uh, and so I get it. Your kids are your kids. You love them, but I think we're in the boat that we're in is because parents have said, well, if I just if I just stay away from this one issue, then they'll find the truth. Mm-hmm. No, they won't. From they won't. Where? From where? That's a great <laughs> point, Wendy. Like from where? Because. You just shut your mouth, and guess what? You did exactly what the the devil wanted you to do. You closed the mouth that the word was being spoken, yeah. that the word was coming forth from, right? right. And now he gets to fill the void with all of his lying words. And then they wonder, they go off to college, their kids come back, they're completely changed. Literally, I just was with the lady on Saturday, sweet, sweet lady from um, Shipshawana. Um, she's, she's older, her... Her daughter is a state senator now, and this lady, her and her husband, his husband, her husband's passed, but solid believer, loves the Lord, very strong conservative, um, and she was talking about how her daughter went to Vanderbilt, you know, years ago, this would have been back in the 90s, early 90s, came back from Vanderbilt, and it is now, come like, she's left, she's a left-leaning leftist Democrat, yeah. there's only a few of them in this Indiana Senate, but she's one of them. And and the mom was just kind of like, yeah, we love her, but she went to she went to college and came back a totally different person, and it was because the voice of truth stopped filling the air, mm-hmm. and it was filled with the demonic voices of the lies, mm-hmm. and and so to to that point, if you're yeah. a parent, if you're a grandparent, if you're if you've got nieces nephews, speak truth. I cannot emphasize yeah. that enough. Speak truth. Let the Lord deal with the consequences of that truth. But you know what God's word says? My word will not return void. Right. And and we we just don't give God's word enough credit. We right. think that, oh, we got to soften it up. We got to say it just the right way. No, God's yeah. word says it won't return void. Just plant the seed and then let the seed take root. And I would say, to add to that, put them in front of other people that speak truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just you. Sure. Oh, for sure. Put them in yeah. front of the Charlie Kirks. Hook them up to yeah. resources. If they go to college, you, you connect them with Chi Alpha to get engaged with God, like you can't be the only voice that's speaking truth because yep. they they need to know there are others out there yeah. that. And never stop vetting as a parent um, because even like there are some churches where I would never in a million yeah. years want anybody to go to in this. And I can tell you those. And I sometimes I do. I'll even say on my my videos, like don't go to this church. The church is a apostate church. They're, spe- they're, they're totally hypocritical. They're, they're not speaking truth. 
And I call it out. Some people are like, man, Micah, you shouldn't call out other churches. No, I'm calling out other churches. I'm calling out the people who are not only not speaking truth, but they're 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 the wolf in sheep's clothing. Those are those are what you really have to watch out for because you yeah. think you're being fed truth, but really what you're getting is poison. Yeah. And so um so you mentioned Chi Alpha. Well, I can think of one Chi Alpha leader right now that I would never in a million years want my kids to be under, right? And so, so even in a good, in, even a, within those organizations, right. vet them out exactly. Mm-hmm. Don't just say, okay, well, they're they're good at that church youth group, or they're good. Now I can take my hands off the wheel. No, you can never take your hands off the wheel. Your God will not hold the Chi Alphas or the schools um, accountable for their their what happened in their life. He's going to hold you the parent, um, accountable. So, yeah, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. So Wendy, do you have any more questions for pastor Mike? Well, I think one of the things that comes to mind for me in just the list that you read, do you want me to read it again? No, (laughs) I'm I'm already depressed. (laughs) I don't don't need any more. It's yeah. We don't want to drink before. I thought you were a seven. What the heck? Sevens don't get the, she's an eight. Eight. Oh, okay. You're kidding me. No, 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 no. Um, it's just practically speaking, because there is so much information out there. There's so many things you could listen to, and I think it can be overwhelming. And so some people just don't listen to anything. It's like it's too much information yeah. overload. So if you had top picks, like if someone was like, okay, I'm committed, I'm going to start becoming informed, whether yeah. it's about world you know, issues, um, obviously the Bible, we all are yeah. big fans of learning um through the Bible, but what would be the top handful of things that you would say, if you don't listen to anything else, here would be my recommendations of a place to start. Yeah. What would you say? So that's a great question, Wendy. Uh, I'll pull up some of my podcasts here that I'm listening to. So obviously be a reader. I think some, you know, read, don't just listen to podcasts, read books, but um, you can, we talked about Charlie Kirk. The Charlie Kirk show is a great place for just really good, just information on what's going on in the world. There's another um, podcast not too many people know about that I love. It's uh, from a, he's a Virginia delegate. He actually, he sits in the same seat that James Madison uh, sat in. Uh, and his name is Nick Friedis. And Nick, uh, he's in the Virginia House of Delegates. He's a former um, special ops uh, guy. And he he's a Christian, but he makes... He makes the argument, his podcast is called Making the Argument with Nick Freitas, and Freitas is F-R-E-I-T-A-S. Um, he just kind of lays out really in the academic terms, like, okay, here's what the, here's what like the, the, the lies, here's, here are the lies of the world, here's truth, um, and, and he, he roots it in biblical truth, but a lot of times he'll just look at it more from like a government, like constitutional, like just practical truth, so you can essentially he's equipping you to make the argument kind of to what you were saying earlier, Tina, where people don't feel like they can be equipped. Yeah. Um, so, so that's another, that's another great one. Um, I, I listen to, um, well, Jesus, sex and politics is a good one. You can always, uh, you know, uh, wow, you put that third. <laughs> no, no, that's like way down the list. I'm just going through some of my, some of my, uh, I think, um, as oh, an outside voice though, like non-bias. I, Jesus, sex and politics is really good because the, the commitment to the word of God being the filter of politics is huge. Yes. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Everything we, everything we do on Jesus, sex and politics, like you guys do here, it's all filtered through God's word. Um, okay. So, and then wall builders, um, with David Barton and Rick green, um, that's another really good one. David Barton is probably in my opinion, one of the premier historians, um, American historians uh, in our in our culture right now, solid believer, 
And Rick Green is also that way too. They, Rick Green has a thing called biblical citizenship. If no, if you've never heard about that, get involved with a, going through a biblical citizenship class. It lays out the fundamental uh, truths of our nation's founding and what Christians, the call for Christians to be involved, it teaches you about what are how our nation operates um, and God's. God's calling for every Christian to operate within that system in America. So I look at it this way. God has planted you. He's, he's, he's put you in America. Mm -hmm. And so as Americans, if you're listening to this and you're in America, you, you have a duty to steward this nation. Now the way you steward America is very different than the way a Christian in Russia is going to be called to steward the, the Russian uh, you know, flag, right? Or in Iran or in North Korea or, you know, like it's Paul in Rome. It was not a friendly government. So when Paul says, you know, hey, we have a duty as Christians to actually pray for our leaders. What he's saying is he's saying you have a duty to steward this even really bad, really corrupt like government that has been placed here. Okay. You're been, you've been placed here. So now do your duty. Well, in America, praise God, we are the kings. We, we the people, are sovereign. Mm -hmm. And so we not only have this beautiful republic that we get to now be have our hand in and crafting, we have a duty and a stewardship that Paul would have looked at and said, oh my goodness, like not only do you get to pray for your leaders, you get to be the leaders, right? How awesome is that? And what we've done a lot of times is we've just neglected that. Well, David Barton and Rick Green really helped Christians see that, see the foundations of the biblical truth that our nation was rooted in, and then it gives us the ability to be able to just you know defend that and carry it out. Um, I would say, uh, let me go to some of my books that I've been I've been uh, reading if uh, lately. If you... Um, I think right now within the culture, uh, that you mentioned victimhood, um, there's just this, there's this overwhelming, like, um, victimhood mentality where, you know, people are saying, well, if I'm the victim, then I have, I have the premier spot. I'm king of the argument, right? Like if I, if I can be the biggest victim, well, one of the books that totally under undercuts that is a book called up from slavery by Booker T. Washington, probably one of the greatest Americans to ever live, in my opinion. He was a slave. He was set free as a teenager uh, under the Emancipation Proclamation. The thing about his life is he loved God. He knew God's purpose, uh, had had a plan for his life, and he, um, he never, ever lived in victimhood. I mean, that was wow. the thing. Never, never. He even made the argument that, that slaves should should have compassion on their former masters and go back and help their former masters because their masters were so incompetent, they couldn't do anything. He said, go back as free men and show compassion on them and help them, you know, and not as slaves, but as free men. And, uh, I mean, totally backwards from the from where our culture is Which is, is the choice we have before us right now. Yeah. Right, I mean, this whole question was, where do you have hope? How do you survive this list of all the things that are happening? Yep. Yeah, that's good. Yep. Um, and then maybe just a couple more here. Um, so, uh, Fault Lines by uh, uh, Vody Bauckham. I don't know if you guys know uh, Vody. He's uh, uh, really, he he kind of, he pulls back the curtain on the social justice movement. Uh, he's a he's a uh, black pastor down in Texas, and he just, he he lays it out. He's like, social justice is not biblical justice. You need, yeah. to, you need to know the difference. And because right now there's, churches are giving themselves over to this um, this uh, 
warped version of justice, which is called social justice, and it's not in, in line with God's God's justice. So that's kind of where that's where I start. Those are some few few resources you can obviously, um, you know, if you want we'll more. have those listed in the show notes too, yeah. in case. People are listening and didn't write all that down. Notes? We do do show notes. Because wow, awesome. we don't do like. That's amazing. We're fancy. That's amazing. Like. We don't do show notes. We need to start doing show notes. Uh, Jordan Peterson's podcast. That's really good too. Do you know? Jordan yeah, Peterson? I've been listening yeah. to him. Yeah, Jordan Peterson. I've actually been listening to. I've been picking up, um, listening just little clips of like Bill Maher. Oh yeah, isn't um, that? Isn't that's that been encouraging. Yeah. Just as a a believer, just I, I mean, I know he's not a believer and all that, but you see you see that pendulum moving a little bit and it's really encouraging when you see people who you would vehemently disagree with begin to, to see See the light. Well, yeah. You know, it's funny. I I think most of what Bill Maher has been saying recently, I'm like, yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. But I don't feel sorry for the Bill Mars because it's like, dude, you're the one who created the Frankenstein. Oh yeah. Right. And now Frankenstein's coming after you. And so, yeah, we told you that this was going to happen and you didn't listen, but now here you go. And he's getting vilified by the Frankenstein that he created, the liberal, the cancel culture, the mob, right? But to your point, he's seeing it. And I think there's a lot of people who maybe were on the left or Democrats that they, they know that where their party is going is so stupid. Like, I mean, it's not, this is not conservative versus liberal idea on tax policy. This is like defying the laws of nature that literally we can see right in front of us. And the left is saying, oh no, we're not going to go along with the laws of nature anymore. And and they can't defend it anymore. And I think the Bill Mars are saying, "Um, okay, this isn't actually working at all. And I don't know how we got here, but right. I love it. I think it's like, well, it's validating if you have a biblical worldview to see it, to like when all of a sudden they don't have a biblical worldview, but they start agreeing with what <laughs> right. you believe. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. keep coming, yeah. keep coming, keep coming. <laughs> close. It's your way over You're here. Close. We see some hope. We yeah. see some hope. Yeah. Pastor Micah, thank you Absolutely. so much for your time and wisdom. And, and I'm sorry really we good. didn't get into any of those little, like uh, you listed all those things off gun control and everything like that. And we didn't no, even I know. touch those. Well, that's why you have Jesus, Sex, and Politics. You can keep going. We'll uh, we'll touch all of those issues on Jesus, Sex, and and Politics. And then we'll just counsel everyone when they're done listening to you. (laughs) I love it. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much. Hey, guys, this was a fun one. Thank you so much. This is the Shooting Straight Podcast. I'm Tina. And I'm Wendy. And we love truth. Even when it hurts. Did this one hurt, Wendy? It did. Are you okay? It hurts so good. Uh, (laughs) All 